0: Can I, can I speak freely?
1: A yes, please please, please, please. I just
0: want to say because we do have uh, the lovely Megan, uh, you know, the Inquisitor, <laughs> just do. running the show tonight. The
1: high Inquisitor. Can you look at Megan for a <laughs> second? I yes.
0: Doesn't she look like? She hosts like the hottest, most avant-garde sex podcast on the internet.
1: Oh my god! Oh my god.
2: Oh
1: my god. She absolutely, she, she's like, does. like the embodiment oh yes. of like female yes. sexual
0: liberation. Right she now.
1: absolutely is. Oh my god! With oh the my gosh! Phone and the red shirt. And People the don't hair. know this, but she
0: just bought her second house because just <laughs> fourteen million TikTok followers. Taylor Swift goes to her for advice.
2: Oh my god, that'd be so great.
1: Hi, I'm Kayla Mason. And I'm Megan Smith. And this is Human Design in Real Time. I'm the founder and CEO of Kayla Care. And as an intuitive human design coach, I use human design to help you get to the root of what's holding you back from living the life you actually want to be living.
2: Human design is a map of your energetic DNA that uses a combination of ancient systems and modern science to help you understand how your energy shows up in the world.
1: On this podcast, we'll be talking with people from all walks of life about how their human design affects their lives and the lives of those around them. Getting your
2: own human design chart is easy. All you need is your exact birth time, and you can go to freehumandesignchart.com to download your own copy. So let's get started. Today we have a very special guest on the podcast. Welcome, PJ, to our Human Design in Real Time podcast.
0: <laughs> it is
2: absolutely, absolutely
0: so wonderful being here. I'm so glad. I I was I've been waiting so long to get the invite. Um, <laughs> but, um, I've I've heard nothing but great things. I've read some of the. Uh, you know the comments online. I read the Yelp reviews, and you guys seem like you're really going. Like so I'm very, I'm Great. very ready.
2: Great! I'm oh, ready. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Well, we're so happy to have you. Thank you for Thank joining. You. You're oh, so welcome Thank yes. you for having me. Thank
1: you so much for being here.
2: I am so excited to be the interviewer of you two. Um and your fabulous relationship and how wonderful you guys have uh, met, navigated being a couple a partnership uh through the last how many years now
1: five fuck uh,
0: five we years hit year,
1: like this week actually yeah, our
0: anniversary is like sometime between August second <gasps> and August thirty uh, first so. yeah
2: well happy anniversary. I love hey. That. Hey. You're welcome. Oh, we're so nice and cultural. Anyway, um, <laughs> PJ, I want to start with you. I'd love to hear the Cliff Notes version of how you and Kayla met and started your relationship together.
0: So ironically, Kayla and I were on an improv team for a good while before, and just didn't even really talk. Like we we're on the same team, and we we're casual on the team, but never were really close. And it was until we just happened to randomly go out one evening, and we actually had like a real conversation for the first time. And it was lovely, and we were close, and we yeah. held forearms, and <laughs> <laughs> was nice arms. What can I say? They were very soft. Oh, and hey. yeah, we were leaving, and you know, you were. I think you had she was hammered she had like three sips of a beverage <laughs> tanked tanked and i had to go back to connecticut and catch like a one fifty five a.m train mm-hmm. out of grand central and the next day i woke up to a text and she was or no it was a facebook message and she was i
1: think it
0: was slack actually well it, it was slack wow <laughs> wow Genius. you guys
2: had slack at the improv
0: Club we you yeah. had
1: slack for our improv team. Yeah, we were slacking, wow.
0: big yeah. slack energy. And, uh, <laughs> and she, she asked for my number because that's, that that's, was the driving force.
2: That is an interesting yep. workplace romance.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. It was, it was. Yep. Actually, what's so funny, and this act, this totally plays into our human design, is that the reason that I decided to take the leap and talk to him in a different way it's because a mutual friend of ours i was complaining about some guy or other who i had been dating and had you know decided he didn't want to date me and there was i did a lot of relationship dramas and she says to me why do you keep dating assholes like that why don't you date someone like pj he'd treat you like a queen and i just like (laughs) i I had this moment of like holy what Like, it it had not even occurred to me. And that is like the quintessential invitation for a projector. I literally had another person invite me into beginning a relationship with PJ. And then I invited him.
0: Yes, quite literally.
1: (laughs) I literally, I think it was like the next day, I was like, hey, do you want to come out tonight? I literally,
0: (laughs) I had to, so back then I would, take these discuss, the, like the last train out of grand central get home and then would have to be at work at like eight or nine in the morning so i was averaging like four and a half five hours of sleep the
1: last train was 2 a.m
0: pretty the much way. the last yeah. train
1: out and it was a two-hour train ride
0: and i woke up to a slack message at like 7 30 in the morning like hey what's your number and i was like <laughs> hello <laughs> and that's kind of all she wrote for the last <laughs> five years
1: yeah, yeah it, was, it was a pretty big whirlwind from, from that point.
0: Facts. Yeah. That is a, literally a tornado. Yeah. A
2: right lot there. of things happened. I feel like a lot of things happened between when you guys got together and now. <laughs> <That> <laughs> is Just the like world under- world events. World events. So okay. many world so <laughs> events.
0: Many <changes. laughs> so many changes. <laughs> so many changes. Images here and there.
2: So... Why, why do we have PJ on the podcast today? Well, we're going to talk about Kayla and PJ's relationship in depth and how it connects with human design and how they have used human design in their relationship to grow and strengthen their partnership as a whole. PJ, what is your relationship with human design? You know, how much do you utilize human design in your regular life?
0: I think it's fascinating. Um, several months ago, Kayla and I sat down and she did a session for me. And I really found that every once in a while, I need things, particularly pertaining to like how best to do things, I, I need that as a refresher. like Because I think I get very caught up doing things against my design. So when I sat down with Kayla and we did the reading... I think it was it was always good. It's always good to check in and sort of have someone else tell you like if you continue doing things that are actually in your best interest pertaining to your design, it most likely will lead to you achieving success in the way I think that best suits you. Um,
2: yeah, sometimes
0: I put myself in awkward positions that are anti my design or anti my energy. And I think when we sat down and we did that, I think it was very beneficial to be like, I can't force myself to do things that I am not meant to do. And I think I put myself for years in that position. So my relationship is that obviously I have a human design practitioner (laughs) next to me. (laughs) And then when we did said reading, I think it was very great because especially when Caleb printed out the chart and described everything for me. I think it was really great to always have that in the back of my mind, to do certain things a little bit more focused based on the human design. Excellent. Yeah.
2: So when did you two start using human design in your relationship to help understand each other a little bit better and continue to grow as a couple?
1: So... I actually have, there's a story about this. When I first started working with human design, I started using it and getting super excited about it and working with a coach my own um, and looking up everyone's designs. I wanted to know everybody's designs. I was falling head first. I looked up all my friends. I looked up all my clients. I looked up my sisters and my parents. And and I didn't know what time PJ was born. Mm, And nobody had found his birth certificate. It was buried in a pile somewhere. And this was like, you know, a couple months had gone by and time just kept going by. And I kept wanting to know his design, but he has one of those rare designs where when you change the time throughout the day, it changes the chart completely. If he had been born Mm -hmm. at midnight, he was a reflector. If he had been born in the afternoon, he was a projector. And if he had been born at the end of the night, he was a manifesting generator. So, (laughs) <laughs> I had absolutely oh, so many no options. Idea. Yeah, it was insane. So I had absolutely no idea what his type was and what his design was. And it drove me crazy for like, I want to say like three months.
0: Before. Oh, it was, oh, very much. It several was a, months. It was
1: a while. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I think it was around like. Have we found proof of your birth yet? I'm like, listen, those documents are sealed for a reason.
1: Like, I kept asking him. <laughs> Fox. And he was like getting annoyed that I kept asking him, because and he finally was like, "Just ask my mother."
0: I mean, my God, you know the woman; you have her number. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm useless. So I can't endeavor. remember
1: exactly what day it was, but it was like a very specific day. I finally texted your mother.
0: It ended in why I remember that very specifically. Asked, it ended what in why?
1: Why? Oh, the day! My God. <laughs> So uh, I, I looked it up, I asked her his mom, she got back to me, I looked up his chart, and I was like, oh! I love you. <laughs> Everything fell into place. So we started using it probably late last year. We have continually used it more and more. Just to give you an idea of the way that our designs work together, uh, PJ is a mental projector which means that he only has a defined mind. uh, So actually crown, mind and throat. Um, So he does not have any of the motor centers defined and he doesn't have any of the authority centers defined. So his authority Mm -hmm. is what we call a mental authority, which means that he uses his brain. Um, And Mm -hmm. this can be confusing because, when you use your brain to make decisions, it's a little counterintuitive because you're not supposed to use your brain to make decisions. So it's important to use the brain to collect information uh, and then to allow the ether to bring you to decisions. So for him, it's all about the mind. It's all about bringing in that mind energy. I am an emotional projector and I have all lower body energy. So I have my self-center defined, my emotional center defined, my spleen defined, and my root center defined, and my throat. So the one thing that we have in common is our throat, and we are both performers, and we're both regularly orating. It's so, so loud. And so loud. so loud. We're both very loud people. So As loud. performers are, you know? As we are. True. As you are. <laughs> um, but so, because of the way that our designs meet up, he brings energy to me that I do not have, and I bring energy to him that he doesn't have. And we both kind of live in the space of each other's energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that is kind of unique about our designs is we don't actually create any other like any spaces that we don't have on our own so the two places that I that we both have undefined that we don't define for each other are our heart center and our uh, sacral centers yeah so when we are together we still have undefined sacrals so we can relax together mm. very well um, and we both have undefined heart ego centers so we are very fluid there is no willpower in this relationship everything that we do comes in a flow it's a very i love that there's a lot there's of
0: no there's no state. willpower here <laughs> yeah. the lack of <laughs> discipline is outstanding
1: it really is take really, really,
0: concern yeah. for us it's just fantastic it's great
2: Hey, if you're vibing in that energy, that's a good place to be, right? (laughs) Um, PJ, how would you then describe your couple energy together? Like, if you had to give it a personality, what would you call it?
0: Oh, it's very much a mind meld
1: Mm. because
0: it's, it's very... It's kind of like filling in each other's gaps constantly. I think we both bring specific strengths to the ballpark. Yeah. And I can use an example that we just occurred uh, that just occurred to us uh, last evening while we were driving. Oh yeah. So we were leaving one sit to get to our next one here in Los Angeles and we were on the highway and Kayla was navigating sending text messages to hosts doing all of these busy email, uh, like emails on the phone while making sure we were getting to Los Angeles. And I'm very focused and intense on the road. And all of a sudden we're in like the third lane of a six lane highway, which is so nice out here. But I see two cars just swerve immediately like a hundred yards in front of me. And there is a giant kitchen table taking up an entire like lane and a half in the lane that I'm in. And I had oh to- Oh
2: my God.
0: Yeah, and I had to holy shit it and just immediately <laughs> get into the next lane. I just literally let out of like, oh, holy shit. And just like <laughs> just moved into the next lane. Like nothing happened and there was no car like immediately coming up behind me. And Kayla's head is just buried and didn't see anything. And that's just kind of when I think we're at the most effective. Like because <laughs> if I wasn't completely hyper neurotic focused on driving and if she wasn't hyper neurotic focused on all of the emailing texting and navigating like it would have been chaos and i think when we are at our best is we are both doing what we do best Mm -hmm. because it typically is i don't want to say a weakness but it's just not a strong point of the other person yeah and Mm -hmm. i think when we try to overcompensate And go into those realms where we're not our strongest out of like some duty or obligation. I think that's where we see issues in particular. So it's Mm -hmm. very much just a a melding of the energies, like a complete mind meld.
1: Yeah, and that actually brings me into, because the biggest thing that, uh, because PJ has so many open centers in the lower part of his body, he takes in a lot of energy and a lot of my energy. And one of the things that, I have a defined emotional center. So he literally feels every single emotion that I have, which if I get anxious, can be really, really difficult for him. So in that situation where we're in the car, and I, he's driving, if I had seen the things in the middle of the road, I probably would have had a full-on panic attack. And then he would have had a full-on panic attack because he'd be feeling my emotions. So the fact that I was like super hyper-focused in my little world, doing the things that I do best instead of looking, because what happens when I look at the road is then I get caught in, I don't have control over this situation and now I don't know what to do because I don't have control. <laughs> Whereas if I can turn over the control to him and I can trust that he's going to be able to deal with that and I can deal with the thing that I'm working on, then I'm not going to get anxious. Mm. And if I don't yeah. get anxious, then my emotional center doesn't go into that low vibration and he doesn't have to deal with figuring out how to block out my low vibrational emotion. <laughs> so it, it works very nicely when we when we do what we do best and just kind of meet in the middle.
0: Yeah 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 I totally agree yeah yep.
2: so how do you navigate having that individual life that works really well together? How do you navigate that in a living situation
1: <laughs> um we're learning we are learning how i think uh yes. yeah yes we one are. of one of the other things that i that I didn't mention yet about our design together is because so. The way that two charts meet, there are a couple different things that can happen. And one of those things is what we call electromagnetics. So mm-hmm. if there are gates on either side of uh, of a channel and one person has one gate and the other person has the other gate, it creates that channel. So we create energy that we wouldn't normally have been able to experience if we were not together. And one of the things that our relationship creates is having a motor to our throats. So as I've mentioned before on the podcast and we've talked about with Megan, having a motor to your throat means that you can speak things into existence. Um, Whatever you say becomes the truth. And so as individuals, neither of us have a throat motor. So we both have defined throats and both talk all the time and both use our voices regularly but we don't have that ability to speak things into existence. But when we're together and when we're working together, that energy comes out and we see it happen all the time. And the reason I bring this up now is because right now, PJ and I are actually uh, using a, a website called Trusted House Sitters to find house sits and pet sits in order to live. Like this is how we're living. We are moving from house to house and taking care of people's animals and essentially house sitting our way around Southern California. And in order to do this, there's a lot of let's, you know, reach out to people about applying for a house sit. Let's reach out to see if people need us to watch their house and that kind of outreach is something that doesn't work as well for projectors as individuals. But since together we create that throat motor and actually have manifestor energy because we don't create a defined sacral, we can create this, we've essentially created this entire thing from the beginning. When he got here, he said, I thought we were just gonna house it for a while. And I said, that's so interesting because I don't know how we can make that a reality. And then we made it a reality. Mm. And I feel like that's kind of the way that we do everything. One of us or both of us will think that something isn't possible. Um, And then we'll, you know, talk to each other about it and speak it out into the universe. And then suddenly here we are. It's been two months. Yeah. And we haven't paid for housing since we started doing this.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to say this because I think it is not to brag or be arrogant. I think the big thing and the big advantage we have over a lot of other couples who might struggle with communication within their design construct is we talk about, and I'm not kidding, literally fucking everything. <laughs> and ev- everything. Everything is counseled. Everything. The decisions are, we run through them constantly we both have anxiety pertaining to very different things. Different things mm-hmm. bother us. And knowing that there's a person who can pick up the slack pertaining to one thing. And listen, there are going to be little things that drive both of us insane pertaining to the other person. But because in situations like this, like living, we talk about and discuss everything. And I i just know so many couples who there are so many topics they won't touch like more taboo ones, but also just like everything is a fight or an argument pertaining to living or moving or whatever it happens to be. And those are very big, important conversations, but based on our very different energies, when we come together, I think we come to, I don't even say faster, but we come to more appropriate decisions because Mm. we counseled and we had those conversations and sometimes they're very easy. And then sometimes they're difficult, but we're at least on the path to getting to where we need to be because we talk about everything.
2: That's so amazing. That's so incredible. Not not everybody can do that. Not everybody can talk about every single issue. You know, sometimes it takes like a couple of days to rev up to have those hard conversations. So being able to just say, we're talking about this is really incredible. PJ, how would you say your relationship has changed since implementing more human design into your relationship?
0: I think I'm someone whose brain always likes, I love like a lot of game theory and tactics and strategy. And so having sort of a blueprint as to how things work suits my brain very, very well. Like, and it doesn't always have to be an exact science. It doesn't have to be you do it this way and you get a result or B result. Just to know that there's kind of a guidance system for anything like that you could trace or harken back to, I think is very important. So knowing sort of certain things about her design and really how she functions is very important because you can approach conversations differently or the word choice you use can be far more selective or time of day. Or like when we're looking at scheduling and what we both have going on that day, you can just pinpoint things more accurately. And I think when you're given this sort of blueprint, I think ignoring it is just kind of foolish. And we do it anyway because we're humans (laughs) and just dumb
1: (laughs) as a (laughs) species.
0: (laughs) Because we could be given an absolute like do not do this and we will still like if I wake up with shoulder pain and I know don't talk to her between this time or this time or she knows like I don't like talking to anyone before there are four digits in the clock. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just not.
1: If you haven't had coffee yet, I shouldn't talk. I
0: literally. That's fair.
1: But I have a habit of going on these like philosophical rants in the morning oh my God. i
0: support everything this incredible woman does but when i can have a few hours in the morning alone with my coffee and a dog and go outside and see the world and feel full of hope mm-hmm. and then this one comes out and it's seven forty-nine, and she's like have you ever thought about how glass relates to like the aura in our souls and i'm like fuck no no i I cannot cannot do this and it's not because i don't want to listen to that or i don't love you it's because if you did this at noon i would be like yes absolutely i don't know my own name before 10 (laughs) a.m my mother could call and she'd be like i really need to talk and i'm like i'm sorry the time difference here is brutal can you call me back in two hours like i'm just not i am in morning person because i have especially now dogs in my life who will wake me up between 5 45 and 6 30 yep. which is great but i do not want more human contact than is necessary and that's i think just one of those things that we've really learned yeah
2: certain conversations
0: Mm -hmm. are at certain times and it works beautifully when we follow the game plan yeah
2: you have to know when the when the time is right right like my my husband is the opposite of you pj he um he can't have conversations late at night and i get like i get a burst of energy at around 8 p.m and it goes until around 2 a.m and i'm like i'm ready to have all the philosophical conversations. And by like 10, he's like, I'm out. We stop now, I'm going to bed. I cannot, yeah.
0: so yes. No, I and, and, yeah. and see, that's another interesting thing because when we had started dating, I'm very much a nocturnal creature. I like being awake when everyone else goes to bed because, and I don't want to insult any morning people that <laughs> might see this while really insulting you. I think we have in this culture in particular, we really think it's important to get up and like that early bird catches the worm and you see it always trending on Instagram. And I'm like, it's the most asinine shit I've ever heard. Like People who will get up, go work their nine to five, do that and I'm very much, like I, I think it's just a old industrial revolution, go to the coal mine or the factory and work twelve hours or whatever, and because you got up at six, like every I, listen, I know the rock is always trending because he's up at four a m <laughs> clanging and banging at the gym. It's like that's wonderful. I would rather, never do that. I would rather be at the gym at midnight while everyone else is sleeping and be alone at nighttime.
2: That's work me. when it's when it's energetically good for you.
0: that's right.
1: Yeah, except now when a dog wakes you up. it's And now everything is different.
0: And now everything that's, is different. No.
1: <laughs> Actually, something that's interesting that I was thinking about recently pertaining to our human design is that because I am the only one of us who has motor centers and I have an, a defined emotional center, our entire relationship has to live on my emotional wave.
0: Oh, <laughs> yes. Which,
1: it's so interesting because I hadn't thought about that really until this moment, but you have very specific things that you want to do. However, we always end up having to do things on my time. Yes. And it's, <laughs> I, so that's one of the things that we actively will communicate. Yes. There's a lot of active communication about, I need time to myself. I need some time to be alone. Um, and toward the beginning of our relationship, and this also has to do with our human design, I have a split definition, which means that when I am around when I don't have anybody around me, there's a part of me that feels like I'm not whole. Like I am not a whole energy. Like I'm split into two different energies. Mm. And when I'm with someone who has the gate or one of the gates that effectively closes my circuit and makes my two energies one, I feel whole and PJ has one of those gates. So when I'm with him, I feel like a whole person. So when I'm by myself, it can be really difficult for like, at the beginning of our relationship, I had a lot of anxiety around being alone. And I had a lot of like uh, even societal anxiety about we're supposed to spend all of our time together. (laughs) Um, And PJ Mm -hmm. is a single definition. He has one energy circuit that is great, and he's t- super self-sufficient.
0: It's the original so, power plant. It <laughs> goes one way. It's, no no.
1: One of you the know. biggest things that we no. had to learn to communicate about was alone time, was figuring out how to take time for ourselves. Um, and especially PJ definitely needs a significant amount of alone time. Yes. And I found that I, too, like... A good amount of alone time, and when I'm, you know, I, I I like to separate the time that I'm by myself and the time when I'm with him, and I use those times in different ways. But yeah, it is interesting when we are together. I hadn't even thought about that. But we have to follow my emotional wave. If I'm in the mood for something specific, we like. If if I'm in the mood to have a philosophical conversation at night, we stay up and we talk. If I'm in the mood to have one in the morning, you either have to like. Full on, Kayla, I need time to myself right now. Can you please go have this conversation later? Yes.
0: Or you jump on board. And to this point, and you never, I think some people would probably hear this and think, oh, well, you should have done it at the beginning. And it's like, no, you don't really get comfortable saying no to your partner until you're several years in, if ever. And i think i i am very much an introverted extrovert where Mm. i need to be around people and energy and it's why i love performing but then i need to go into a bunker a mile under the ground (laughs) and if anyone tries to fucking reach me i will destroy the phone because i need to completely shut off i've for years now like I like going I love going to the movies with Kayla and I love going to the movies by myself. It's either got to be a movie theater on an opening night filled with people or I want to be the only one in there and I think that is <laughs> exactly how my brain works all the time. Like I need noise and loud and creative and then I need like Neo in the white room in the Matrix. <laughs> like nothingness. <laughs> like he's like where am i and it's like okay we have to before we reboot the program like just be in this room by yourself for a while and i think because there are just mornings where you want to start talking about the lost city of atlantis (laughs) and i'm just like no (laughs) like i just poured the coffee and like it's funny because the place we're sitting right now i hadn't even thought to ask um but our host doesn't drink coffee and there was no coffee machine. And oh, I literally, no. yeah, yeah. And I literally had a come <laughs> to Jesus moment at like 8 AM. And I was just kind of like, all right, relax. We'll find a way. And I'm at a point in my life where when I was younger, I think I ignored a lot of my wants and needs. And I was just like, I'll grit and bear it. And I think you can relate to that too. Yeah. And now I'm kind of like, nope. I'm not going to like sacrifice what I need to function Mm
2: -hmm.
0: for someone else. And even in the construct of the relationship, neither of us are at our best when we're doing things just for the other person.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Like that's very important for both of us.
1: I think that our relationship honestly took a huge level up when we finally realized that every time we tried to do things for the other person, because we assumed the other person needed us to do it. Yes. hmm That it ne- never works. It's us.
0: nightmare fuel.
1: Never. Works like you're
0: us. just bearing your own needs. And it's like, at the beginning, it's like, you know, it's, I, I I think we've handled it so poorly as a society, like always like the jokey memes about like, when like a woman goes shopping and the guy's sitting outside of the store. And it's like, I always look at those and I'm kind of like, but like we should be emphasizing like the communications because if you're constantly sacrificing like things for your partner, it's ridiculous. Or it's always like a guy playing video games or watching football. And like a woman is like, what the fuck am I doing here? And it's always very stereotypical. And I just always think in those moments, like, shouldn't we talking be talking about, like, how we as men and women still can't, like, be honest with one another? Or, like, you're so desperate to make a relationship work that you're not actually emphasizing. It's just constantly sacrificing. Always, like, well, he likes doing this or I like to. And it's, like, fine. You have to have those outlets. But, like, you don't have to do everything together.
1: Yeah. And I mm-hmm. think that's what we like.
0: Like there are some things I love that she doesn't care for and vice versa. And that's okay doing everything together. I can't function that way. No. And And honestly,
1: neither of us do. Yeah, And I think that's a huge part of all of this is that like, and I, we were just talking about alone time and how you require a lot of alone time. It's interesting because when I learned about my design i have that split definition which makes me yearn to be around other people Mm -hmm. but i have a two line in my profile and the two line is the hermit it's literally a huge part of my design to spend time by myself in order to create it is in my alone time that i create the things that i am going to be able to use to teach the world everything that I know. Yeah. And because I wasn't giving myself the the luxury of that alone time for so many years, I mean, I was in so many relationships where I was constantly living in this uh, you know, societal construct of we're dating, so we have to spend all of our time together and then put all of my self-worth on whether or not my relationship was successful, quote unquote, based on how much time I spent with that person. And I wasn't creating jack shit. Mm. (laughs) And so then here I am, I find out that, yeah, of course you weren't creating anything. You need to be alone in order to create. You need to be alone in order to process everything that comes into you. And like, that was such a huge moment for me because I had never understood why I wanted alone time. And I had never understood why it was important. I was always like, whatever, like, I don't need to be alone. I want to spend time with people. I want to spend time with my partner. And then I would find myself totally drained and unable to function on my own and not know why. And when I started to really ground into, oh, okay, I need this time because I need to allow it to... It needs to seep in. Yeah, it needs to seep in. Exactly. And if I don't, then I don't create anything. And it's no wonder that it was right around when I discovered human design that I finally started to create the business that I'm currently running.
0: <laughs> well, and within, so off of that too, we had a conversation earlier today where you were looking at your schedule and you mentioned to me like, you were gonna have to take some time to work on Saturday. Mm. And you, you literally were like, is that okay? <laughs> and I was like, honey. <laughs> Take the whole day. (laughs) Like, if you're working and growing your business, like, I don't need to be surrounded by anyone in my life all day. Because having to be on for me is such an extreme. Mm. Like, I think because I'm someone who craves alone time, and I think for a good long while in my life, I never really was alone And there's being like people always talk about being alone and being lonely and being isolated and trying to differentiate. It's like I might have taken time for myself, but based on like my anxieties and the people I was around and absorbing all of that, like I was never truly alone. And now that it's just you and I out here, we left everything back on the East Coast. It's even with how busy our lives are with all the traveling and the working and doing everything that you and I do, finding alone time is easier. Yeah. You know, it's tough to meditate and have things be completely quiet when you're in your parents' house. Yeah. Your brain Mm -hmm. will never truly turn off the way it's supposed to. And we're both the oldest of three and very much family first, take care of the family, sacrifice for the family, family will kill you, it doesn't matter, this is how it
2: is.
0: (laughs) And now that we're out here, it is just easier for us to find that alone time, take the time for our specific needs, because when we're successful as individuals, we're stronger as a couple.
1: 100%.
0: How do you
2: guys then how do you guys show up for each other knowing each other's human designs a little bit more? How do you show up for each other as couples? Cause it sounds like you guys have a really healthy, you know, separate individual life. You live well together with everything that you've got going on. How do you guys just show up for each other in, in that relational capacity where, um, maybe it is a little societal construct, but like you guys don't, you don't have like the, standard relationship you know it's not like the you have the house and the marriage and the kids
0: you guys are all over the place i don't want to again like offend anybody who has those traditional things i've never those were never going to be the things that fulfilled me i'm watching friends and i've always wanted to be married because i've always wanted that one person who understands me because being around like i'm a special brain and Coming with- yeah, I think yeah. that's a
1: big thing for both of us yeah. is that we are both very special brains. Yeah. We're both very <laughs> unique people. Yeah. Um, and so Beons. finding someone who understands us was like needle in a haystack. I always say that we were two unicorns who met in the forest.
0: Yes, just trotting oh. along deep in the woods, horns out, just <laughs> rainbow hair. Just
1: <laughs> really, really
0: horny. Really it's, uh, this it's horrible. Harmful horn first megan horn first um okay but i think for both of us a traditional life was never it's never been something i've wanted and i was really encouraged like kudos to my mother shout out um she always encouraged me before settling down having kids to actually be pursuing what i want to pursue And I denied myself that for years because I didn't see it. All I've ever wanted to be was an actor. And I pretended like I didn't want that for years, tried to do other things. And now I'm looking at where we are today Mm -hmm. and it's a totally different mindset. And for us within the construct of the relationship, it goes back to earlier where there are certain things I'm not great at and she's very good at and vice versa. And every day is a flowing conversation. The doors to conversation are never closed. And I will say, and this might sound counterintuitive to a lot of people, is we disagree constantly. Yeah. At the start <laughs> of a lot of conversations because our brains are very different. Yeah. But because we are constantly talking things through, we make educated decisions based on all the variables presented from both sides. Yeah. And there that are sounds so things- healthy.
2: Yeah. That sounds so healthy.
0: <laughs> thank <laughs> you. I, I, thank you so much. Oh. I, I think the big thing is neither of us are, are going to try to die on a hill for the sake of winning an argument.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's something that we've both struggled with previously. Absolutely. And like toward the beginning of our relationship, there was a lot of me just arguing because I wanted to be right. Mm. And a lot of you, uh, I used to call it throwing daggers. Uh-huh. Um, it was, you know, it's just that point of like saying the meanest thing you can possibly think of because you know that it's gonna land. Mm. And I think now knowing our designs, it's, it makes so much sense because PJ innately knows how I feel about everything. So in the lowest vibration, it would be very easy for him to know exactly what would hurt me the most. Hmm. And I, having undefined mind and head centers, know exactly what PJ is going to say next because I can read his mind and (laughs) therefore (laughs) know exactly what I need to say in order to prove him wrong before he even says it. So... What really needs to happen, and I think the thing that we do more than anything to kind of take care of each other, is take a step back, is yep. taking a breath, is pulling ourselves away, getting back into our own personal bubble and saying, okay, what, here, what is happening here?
0: Let's discuss this let's, later.
1: Yeah, let's talk about this later. I think yep. one of the biggest things that we started doing was uh, acknowledging that sometimes we need to be told that we need to stop right now. Yeah. And that's something like whenever we now, because it used to be, I would want to continue an argument until it was over and he would get pushed to the edge. And I would and leave. Get really upset. I'd walk and out of the apartment. Leave. Yep. But what really ended up needed to happen is that he just needed space. So Correct. So he could figure out what he needed. So now when we get into that place where I am just beating a dead horse because I want to be right, mm. <laughs> he says, I need you to take a step back and I need you to walk into the other room. And I get fucking pissed off about it. But I walk into the other room and nine times out of 10, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, I just said this. That was so mean. I do not want to have said what I said. And 10 minutes later, we will come back together and we'll have a discussion. I'll apologize. We will have a conversation that we can then grow from. Hmm. And it it's interesting because... So much about the concept of being in a relationship. It sounds like you're supposed to be changing the way that you are in order to fit the way the other person is. But what we've found more than anything, that the most important thing is to stay true to who we are as individuals. Mm. Yes. Is to take that step back and to remember who we are and what we're doing here so Mm. that we can then come back and support because... And I actually use this with my clients all the time. You can't pour from an empty cup. (laughs) You need to make sure that you are filling your own cup. So I think the best thing that we do for each other is give each other space to fill our cups so that we can show up together. I
0: think the mistake, and granted, I've, even our relationship history is very different. I was never much of a relationship person because I did love being alone and I loved my space and you were in several long-term relationships. Yeah. So it was both of us take, like having very different backgrounds pertaining to being with a partner and learning how to communicate. And as Kayla mentioned early on, I think some of the I think some of the worst relationship advice that I see from so-called relationship experts is when they say like when one person leaves a conversation or won't stay in the room, like that's well,
1: that that whole never go to sleep angry thing. Sometimes it's important to take a break from the conversation. The the idea (laughs) that
0: in every argument you can talk your way through it, like you're two expert hostage negotiators, (sighs) is I grew up with several examples of trying to have these. Pompeii like conversations and the yelling and the arguing and like you should be fleeing the city but you're still there and there's a volcano about to explode and you're still fucking arguing it doesn't solve anything like there has to be like the pressure release valve and I did that a lot at the beginning of our relationship like it would get to a point where it's like I knew there was nothing that was going to be achieved And I would walk out onto the streets into Manhattan and I would just walk for blocks and I would come back. And I think that was the big thing like that wasn't understood was like, I'm not trying to run away from the conversation. Like I want to have the conversation, but I had seen so much in my own past how you're just going to keep arguing. Yeah. And it's just going to be like, why aren't you different? Yeah. Like, why don't you see it my way? Mm. And I just don't have time, like a conversation reaches its peak and that's it. Yeah. And you can't you're not going to solve that problem in that moment. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You cannot t- I think there are a lot of people who think they're like good enough in that like construct to be able to do that. You're not. Yeah. Like you have to take mm-hmm. time
1: I actually, I love that you just said that all your, you just want the other person to be different. You just want the yeah. other person to be like you. Uh-huh. I think that is the most important thing that human design brings to us with couples is that it gives us a clear blueprint of how we're different.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there is absolutely no way ever that he is going to become me. There is no way yeah. that, I, that he is ever going to have a defined emotional center that has an emotional wave and is able to make decisions the same way that I do. It's never going to happen that way. So for me to get upset at him for not being able to make a decision the way that I make a decision is completely absurd. And with human design, it makes it easier for us to pinpoint what that is. Because if I'm coming into a room and I am suddenly in the mood, this is something that happens all the time with us, <laughs> I'll suddenly be in the mood to do something. I'll suddenly be in the mood to, uh, you know, like, oh, I just remembered we have to go to the store. Do you want to go to the store? I have an emotional authority, which means that I have to do what feels good for me in the moment. (laughs) He has a mental authority, which means he needs time to plan it out. He needs to know exactly how things are going to go. He needs to be able to see all of the variables and then he needs to move into the energy slowly hmm. because his body needs time to feel the new energy that he's moving into. So last minute plans are like, he's a kryptonite. <laughs> so when <laughs> I walk into a room and I'm like, I feel like doing this right now. He's like, no, uh, no. I, no, no, no. <laughs>
0: like, uh, like, I, I think there are people, and granted, we're getting, we're a little bit older now, but yeah. I am the last person you should ever call if it's like 10 o'clock on a Friday. Like, hey, do you want to go out right now? One out of 10 <laughs> times, maybe. I hate last minute planning. And I think I just hate the general. And you don't do this, but I have people in my life who it's the general like disrespect of time, which was a huge problem I think at the beginning of our relationship. Yeah. And I talk we talk about this all the time, like when we go to the movies. Hmm. And I have to be there half an hour early, like to sit in the aura of a movie theater because it's my safe space. (laughs) But it was the same thing back at improv when we would do improv shows. And it would be Monday night and our team wouldn't go on till 10 Mm -hmm. and I would be at the theater at seven. And because I need I need to hug everybody. I need to warm up. I need so to like... Because oh.
1: I like jumping in. Like yep. I, he would always be at improv rehearsal early oh. so that he could be in the energy and yep. feel everybody before it started. I would get there like 10 minutes late and dive in and be right in the middle of an exercise. And that was how I liked it. Unnerving. It's funny because there's a part of me, like I've, oh, I've always been late for everything. And I actually, as I've been getting more connected with my design, I've stopped being late for things. Mm. And I think a big part of that is, I mean, I've stopped being, I've stopped being late for a lot of things. There are some things that I'm still late for. Um, but there, I was, was going to say, I was L- literally late for the podcast meeting. Um, Win. Win.
0: <laughs>
1: but there, there is a part of me that I think when I started to lean into the reasons why I was actually late and letting my body decide when I want to do things, because my body has an innate understanding of divine timing So when I was late for these improv classes, these improv like uh, rehearsals, I don't necessarily think it was because I wanted to, because I was disrespecting everyone else's time. I think it was because I didn't know how to deal with being in the energy before we started. I wanted to be immersed in that energy the minute I walked in the room so that I didn't have to deal with like the social niceties Mm. because that was anxiety-inducing for me. Whereas being in the space of just diving in, Mm. that felt good for me.
2: So since we're running out of time now, you guys have shared so much, and thank you so much for being very open and honest and talking about your relationship. What kind of advice would you give to a couple who wants to start incorporating a little bit more human design knowledge and elements into their relationship? You know, what should they be prepared for?
0: I think, so... Once you have an understanding of your own design and your partners, I think it's foolish. Anytime you're given information to ignore information, you know, if someone's Mm. kind of shining a light on the path, it might not get you to the end, the way you thought, Mm. but anytime you're given information that can help facilitate growth, the changes might be like very small incremental changes. But try implementing them. It's very important that you understand that this person you're dating and being intimate with and sharing feelings with ideally is not you. And yeah. relationships are very difficult. Ideally, mm-hmm. it works out once Yeah. at the end of the day. And if you really want to make something work, especially while utilizing human design, when you know those things about your partner and how they respond best to certain things, tactically, try to come up with a plan beforehand. Or if you can't really do it beforehand, like you're very much someone who's in tune with sort of their chaos energy and can run into a situation and be ready to go. I'm not, I never have been. But through five years of growth and everything, and then when we learned each other's human design you understand that certain time commitments are very important to me. Mm -hmm. They're few and far between, but the things that are, are important are very important. And you like, no, it's like, okay, I don't want to leave an hour early for a movie theater like experience, but I know it makes him happy. And that's not like sacrificing for your partner. It's when you have those key things, it just can facilitate. Because then it creates
1: a peaceful environment for both. Correct. So, yeah, I I think that the my and of course, I'm biased because I am a human design coach, but Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing is to get a reading with your partner to learn about your chart from the perspective of someone who can help you to see how they connect. Because just looking your chart up online, it's going to be hard to understand the ways the chart connects. Yeah. I always say that uh, the energy that a couple creates is actually completely different Mm -hmm. than the energy that each individual person in the couple creates on their own. Yes. So like I had mentioned earlier, it's uh, in our relationship, it's most obvious in the fact that together we create a totally different type. So individually, we are both projectors. But when we put our charts together and look at the electromagnetics, we become a manifester. And the strategy and themes of a manifester could not be more different than they are for a projector. Projectors need to wait for the invitation. As individuals, we have to wait for people to come to us. Whereas as a couple, our design is literally to initiate so when we are doing things together, we bring this really powerful energy to situations that we just don't possess on our own. And acknowledging that is not only going to help us to be able to ground into this power that we would not have previously known existed, but it's going to help us to understand that power. Because the things that happen when you don't help yourself to understand that kind of power is that you end up falling into the not-self theme of the manifester, which is anger. You end up getting caught in intense cycles of anger and unrest, leaving peace behind. So knowing that we create that manifestor energy gives us the opportunity to find avenues of peace, which is the manifestor self theme. So there are so many things about your design as a couple that are literally going to change the way that you view your relationship. Because That needs to be nurtured too. It's not just the individuals that need nurturing.
0: And to that point, again, I'm just, I'm so big on any sort of strategy going into any situation. And if you are struggling with communication and you get a reading as a couple, it would behoove you to use that information to grow. Like, that's the thing. It's just a way of connecting those energies to communicate better. Yeah, and i think we all, we're all guilty of this because i think we're programmed as a society to operate a very specific way like in our manifestor relationship it's very important for me like to remember sometimes like don't send the email immediately after the meeting to check on how this like let it sit like don't res- don't communicate over the weekend like let things breathe because I'm like, I'm someone who needs instantaneous answers a lot of the time. And I think some of the greatest successes I've had personally have been reinforced. Like when you say to me, like, just wait, just let it happen. Yeah. Like, don't immediately ask about the job or the thing or whatever. It's just let it happen. Yeah. And it's important because that works within our design.
1: Yeah and that is who we are as individuals. We have to wait for things to come to us and then kind of learning at what point we can use that initiation. Exactly. And at what point we're actually because I mean this we I talk about this with my clients all the time when you have a motor to your throat it's not just the good things that you can come to pass
0: oh yeah <laughs> if you much.
1: speak things to existence that are not energetically good for you yeah you're going to bring those to you as well
0: I know I think that's a great point because you hear it a lot nowadays but within the human design area your brain is enabled to differentiate yeah like if you're speaking negatively about yourself and things within your design and life, it will affect you yeah. because you are literally, we are all filled with energy and there's energy all around us. That negativity can take hold and it's very hard to get rid of that because when a negative thing happens, it lingers within us like a virus. Yeah. And so it's important to keep that at bay and out of your like verbal repertoire as much as possible. Yeah. I think that's vital.
2: Well, guys, yes, thank you. So thank much. you so much again for... For joining us, PJ. It's been a pleasure having you. Uh, it's been a pleasure listening to your beautiful journey as a couple and the growth that you guys have had. It's really been wonderful to watch as well it's over not, the last five years as a, as a witness. Um, I love you two together. It's, it's yeah, it should be because I am watching you constantly. Yay! <laughs> be I'm so scared. Be afraid, PJ. Terrible. Be very afraid. Um... <laughs> But thank you so much. This has been so fun. Um, Kayla, if uh, if some of your clients would like to get a couples reading, where can they find you? Oh,
1: oh. Uh, yeah, I do couples readings for human design. If you go to my Instagram, it's at underscore Kayla underscore Mason. You can go to the link in my bio and that'll take you to the page where you can book your couples energy connection session.
0: Yes, love it.
2: Love it. If you like what you heard on this podcast, follow us on Instagram at human
1: design in real time to keep up with our next episodes. And if you wanna learn more about your own human design, I'd love to help you on your journey. You can head to my website, kayla-care.com to book an introductory human design session where we'll dive into the person you were born to be. That's kaylacar dot com. We're always looking for
2: awesome humans to be guests on the podcast. So if you'd like to be interviewed, send us an email
1: at Human Design in Realtime at gmail.com. This podcast is brought to you by Kayla Care. A big thank you to our amazing producer, sound mixer, designer, and editor, Sabrina Mason. Thank you to the composers of our theme song. Niall Spaulding, and Sabrina Mason. Thank you to today's guests for being open and present with us.
2: And thanks to you, our listeners, for supporting this podcast. Keep discovering your human, human design, design in real time.